Hello everyone, good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, it's um, episode three of our British and Irish Lions 2021 special. We um, we will talk about the Lions tonight. We've got some exciting stuff to, to cover beforehand because there's been various bits of news today that, that we need to get through first. And joining me to wade through the news, we've got John Anderson. Good evening, John. Good evening, Cammy. I'm glad I'm just about on time for you as well. I know, slight... but that game, I was worried because the thing is, I'm, I've, I watch on Now TV and there's a, a significant delay on Now TV. Yeah. There's a three day delay if you want to watch a match batch back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was approaching. I was watching kind of kickoff time and I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, we, we're on at nine. This is going to be close. Um, but yeah, we got there. We, 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 got we there. arrived we're, in we're, time. We're within the nine-minute allotted time <laughs> that we're allowed by Facebook to be late by. So good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We're also joined by Craig Manson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening. How are we doing? Very well, Craig. Have you both had a good weekend? Yeah, not bad. Hi, huh? yeah, not bad. I think I think it's been one of those weeks as well. It's uh, I'm quite glad I'm over th- through uh, Wednesday now and getting on to Thursday, and uh, we'll soon see yeah, the weekend come up again. Definitely, yeah. yeah. We'll see who the Lions are playing on Saturday as well. Eh? Well, more on that later. Um, we are um, live at the minute on YouTube, Twitter. Facebook and Twitch. So if you're watching us live, feel free to get involved in the comments and we'll pick out some of the best ones and have a wee chat about them. Um, you can visit the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk for all the latest news and views from the world of Scottish rugby. Um, you can also, if you want to, get ad-free versions of this podcast as well as exclusive content by visiting patreon.com slash scottishrugbypodcast and you can subscribe for £3 a month. For that, like we said, you get exclusive episodes plus... Um, you get um, ad-free versions of the podcast. Plus, we do a little mini version where I cut out all the all the nonsense, <laughs> and you just get you just get the focused on the main talking points. Um, so, speaking of talking points, there was um, some rather surprising news today. Nobody saw this coming whatsoever. I don't think anybody. I, you know, I would. You know, I would. I think anybody who saw this coming. Is likely to be very rich indeed because you know they have powers of foresight of which has not been known to man before. Um, Guinness were very quietly dropped as the sponsor of the United Rugby Championship um, last week, I think, or earlier this week. And there was a wee message that went on and that said, "Thank you, Guinness, for all your support." And I thought that's weird. They've just launched this big United Rugby Championship, a huge rebrand. What's going on there? Or again, it's just not not stumping up the cash. Are they struggling for a sponsor? That's not great for a start of a a competition. And then it was announced today that the United Rugby Championship, formerly the Pro 14, pro, formerly the Magnus League, formerly the Celtic League, is now sponsored by Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's not even a joke. No, nope. it's sponsored by the United Rugby Championship. Is now sponsored by Rock Nation, which is yep. ROC nation I, I really feel for whoever at the SRU has to go to the SRU council and explain who Jay-Z is to, to the council <laughs> because I bet you not a single one of them knows who he is yeah it was it was interesting news wasn't it and uh, like 
most of us were sitting there going, oh, Guinness have been dropped. Oh, yes. Thank goodness. I thought that might have happened when Hogg criticised the sponsor's product in the Six Nations a few years ago, but no, no. <laughs> uh, no, um, I mean, yeah, so um, United Rugby Fighting Championship uh, uh, has got cool. We are now the cool kids of, of, of World Rugby, Craig. I mean, this is genuinely, <laughs> genuinely for me, this is the most exciting thing that has happened in rugby full stop for years. <laughs> I, I actually, it's, it, how, to, how to turn the negative into a positive, right? I was sitting there going, I was uh, when I saw Guinness was uh, finish up with Guinness, I thought, oh, Guinness have taken their toys away and playing, so they're going to go and play somewhere else. And now the, the Ultimate Fighting Championship is going to have to have about six million different, they're, they're going to have to look like a Scarlet's top um, <laughs> with all the 600 million different sponsors on it. Um, but now, uh, then they, they come out with this, this is absolutely fantastic and uh, makes a uh, you know, I'm just waiting. You know, all this Galca Premiership, this and it's the best of this, and all of this, that, the other. Just look at us now. We are the cool kids. Yeah, we are indeed. Now we've got a bit of got a bit of inside information on this from someone <clears throat> very close to the United Rugby Championship because it did take us by surprise. So we reached out and we kind of just said, look, "What what's going on?" One, we kind of were looking for see if we could play the awesome video promo video they've got that's got a Jay-Z track on, on underneath it but <laughs> I, I, there wouldn't be a problem with us playing it but you know we might accidentally fall foul of uh, Jay-Z's lawyers accidentally I'm sure he'd ha- be happy for us to play it to play it but but we best not in case we get uh, we get banned from all the all our channels um, <laughs> but so so the inside track on this is, is really interesting so this has come about through CVC which is really I mean we were, I think, we were very skeptical of why a CVC investing in the Pro 14 as it was at the time. You know, we're uh, we're not very marketable. We had, I think, at that point, the South Africans were looking like they were coming on board, but there was no guarantee that it was going to happen. Yeah. So there was a lot of skepticism. And essentially, what CVC have done, you know, they don't don't have much day to day involvement in the league or the run of the league, but they act they act as fixers in a sense. It, that they they yeah. they made the introductions to Rock Nation. They said that we work with these guys on other things. We can introduce you and get you in the room with them. Rock Nation have already invested in the Celsius Sharks. I think they're part owners of the Celsius Sharks mm-hmm. in South Africa. They've already on their books. We'll go to their website. They've, they've they're already start. They're really interested in rugby. Apparently, they see that as a big growth sport. So on their books already, they've got Chelsea Colby, Mario Otoji, Sibud Nkosi, Sia Kulisi, and Tendai Matarwira. So they've got; they're already looking at big promotions in South Africa and really heavily invest in there. So it makes sense for them then to invest in the competition the South African teams are now in. Now, then, what's even more interesting is that Rock Nation, their kind of whole thing is they're not interested in the clubs, and I think this is where where I think actually this might suit the league. They're not interested in the clubs; they're interested in the players. They're interested in any in in giving the players a platform to talk about any work they're doing in the community and any social justice causes that they have and and, and boosting that. I mean, they, they represent Marcus Rashford, for example. And I don't think anybody for a second is going to say that we're going to, you know, we, we've got a Marcus Rashford in, in, you know, in waiting somewhere lurking in the depths of the Ember squad. But that that's what they want to do as the league and as, as Rock Nation is to get these players and say, look, if you want to you transcend the sport of rugby, we, we can help you do that. But you're going to have to come to us with something other than I am really good at rugby. You're going to have to come to us with with a cause that you think is worthy. So Ashton Hewitt was the first name that came to mind. I think you know there's a 
there's a guy yeah very outspoken uses his platform to to talk about issues about racism in rugby about race you know racism in wider society um that's that's what they're looking to do and it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be about social justice causes they're saying work in the community as well is just as important that's what they want to do because that's how they see growing the sport if you have big names playing week in week out in the United Rugby Championship, which we've talked about before, the way this format's going to work and where the South African team's going to have to play, we're going to, the team is going to have to play their big name players. Mm-hmm. If you've got big name players, people will come and watch the rugby who don't normally watch rugby, Craig. So that I mean, it's it's quite an exciting thing. This absolutely, I think I think if there's anything that, that's going to bring um, more people to rugby, I th- I, the big thing is I know that they're not interested in the clubs, but if we, you know, it'll be great to see. Um, first of all, the, the 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 I keep calling it the the UFC. I'm going to have to stop that. Um, <laughs> no, no, you don't. A, keep keep going. Mean, Every time I go, yeah, Ultimate Rugby Championship, I think, oh, it's not that, it's not that. Um, every time I, uh, you know... Look, um, the long game is, Craig, is I want an interview with Jay-Z on this podcast, so don't mess I, it up. Oh, that's the way to do it. Okay, we're not going to mess it up here. I'll stop it, I'll stop. But yeah, I think I think if, if we can get as many uh, as many people down to to the to Edinburgh, to Glasgow, to support those two teams, um, it's going to be better, the better for us. Um, and then hopefully we may eventually get the the much-vaunted third, uh, third team into Scotland as well, you know, you never know. All of these things could, could come along. Well, I think no, definitely. If if the sport expands, I me, mean, I think technically we still hold a, a franchise ticket somewhere down the back of the cupboards <laughs> on the back of the sofa in the in Murrayfield. And um, but John, it is kind of exciting, John, that we've got. I mean, I don't. I, I would say at the minute, if you were to speak to anybody that didn't know rugby about who plays for Ember and Glasgow, uh, people would still say Stuart Hogg. Yeah, and actually, it's quite interesting because you you still see that uh, th- that rhetoric um, actually in people that don't understand the pro cl- the pro club game in in Scotland. You do see the oh, sure, Hog the Glasgow player, or you know, um, Finn Russell the Glasgow player, and people people haven't really caught up with the pro game in Scotland or or, or kept tabs with it, and I think that's partially. It's partially our fault as well, in that it was all. Well, we do a weekly podcast, John. I well, mean... not, not, not. I'm not specifically <laughs> meaning our our problem. I mean, you know, we we've, we've done our best to sell Ratu Tagivi as as the next Messiah, but um, you know, it's it's partially. I think particularly the the pro club game in in Scotland. It did stop a lot. Now, Edinburgh have done their best to kind of promote some of the players they have over there. But ultimately, the the superstars of Scottish rugby left in the last three seasons. Johnny Gray, Stuart Hogg, Finn Russell. They left. And what I will just interrupt you with that. Hamish Watson. Thank you very much. Hamish Watson's now the new darling of Scottish rugby. He was not. He was he not. He is a superstar. He he is is a super- a, he, do you know what? You're absolutely right. He absolutely is. But if you think about the three players that I've talked about, right? Stuart Hogg and Finn Russell in particular, their backs. Backs are exciting. Forwards, we, we, we love a forward, right? We love a forward. However, supporters that are just casually looking at the game, they love the 
end-to-end try against Exeter. They love the little chip kicks, the little miss passes. They don't necessarily get get off on the Hamish bumping seventeen players off but, and then run. But I do well. I disagree with that. I also think if you look at who they're representing for Rock Nation, they obviously see a market for forwards. I don't think they necessarily just. Look, yeah. I agree with it. So I think Hamish Watson's an interesting one because I think there's someone that could fit this mold of what they're looking to do with the game. I'm just not sure if it's something that he would want to do. And I think there's a lot of personal choice with the players. I think he's got his, yeah. he's got his, his hat business. I want to say, I think caps is technically what the kids would call them. I call them hats. <laughs> he's a haberdasher. <laughs> he's got his cap business, Rex club, which do you know that. And that's would fit right in with what they're probably looking at doing. But if you look at, they've got Sia Khaleesi on the books. And the reason I think a lot of people outside of rugby uh, would know about Sia Khaleesi or would say is he is a guy that, that talks from his heart and shares a lot about his personal life and a lot about where he's come from and his history. And I don't know if that how comfortable that sits with Hamish Watson. So I think there'll be players who were ha- perfect, who, 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 will be happy to play rugby and earn money playing rugby and do very well at it. It's looking at the guys who are willing to, I suppose, step forward and say, this is me, this is who I am, I've got some things to say. And I'd, at the minute, I'm, I'm struggling to see who that is in Scottish rugby. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think it would be an interesting one. Um, for, for me, it would be, a, and this is an ideal opportunity to get into um, the, the, the schools, Get into the, the the local community rather than the 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 pay schools etc. The Merkies and all this that and the other. I think you're going to. I think if it if we could if there was someone like, for example, Finn Russell, someone like um, uh, I'm just trying to think who else. Uh, well, Brody Duncan uh, suggesting Darcy Graham. That's not a bad shot, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's Suz as well. I don't, I don't think Rory uh, Sutherland came through like did he not? And uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so you, I don't think he's a. I'm not going to say he's an absolute box office, but I think he's going to be but a fantastic. You know, he's going to be. Ultimately, I think but, what what have these guys got to say? That 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 for me is the, the issue. Question. What what yeah. have these guys got to say? Suz has got nothing to say. He came through a system. Yeah, he's he's been part of the Scottish rugby system from from quite a young age. He's got probably Finn Russell's the one that stands out to me. He's mm. actually got quite a lot to say because he was discarded from the system. He was never part of it, and then. All of a sudden, he's like this world-class fly half. He got a chance yeah. and he took it. You, you he's probably what, the only one that stands out. I think Suss. I think Suss potentially has got something to say. You know, Rolly Sutherland's talked a lot about mental health and his own, you know, the the, the, the setbacks that he's had. So I think yeah. that there is that. I think that's that's where I see it coming from. Scottish rugby. Fraser Brown, for example, you know, yep. big mm. kind of advocate of mental health and very open about what how it's affected him. So I think if there are players in Scotland who are willing to step up and they've, and there's been a couple I think Sutherland and, and Brown are two yeah. to step up and, and start talking about these things and using Rock Nation as an avenue of doing it then it's only going to help their careers and I think it'll help the sport as well I think it's just it's it's who's going to take that step forward though who's worked because that's I think that's what they're looking for now at the the URC and and Rock Nation are looking for the guys that are going to do the Marcus Rashford stuff, you know, who are going to kind of stand there and take the slings and the arrows and, you know, say stuff for the greater good. And what they will get back is a bigger profile and what the sport gets back as it grows. You've got to wonder as well, like, there's a question here and, you know, we've all been part of this system. 
how much freedom are Scottish rugby players going to have to, to actually speak out? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the key thing, isn't it? That the Glasgow Edinburgh and the SR unit all tends to be kind of w- within one, you know, it's, it's all centrally controlled. And Glasgow Glasgow Edinburgh have got some autonomy in the way that they run things. But it's, it's how much Scottish rugby buys into this and allows the players to buy into the person I was speaking to today was saying, you know, that's that they're looking for alternative ways to do things now other than a post-match press conference where the players give stock answers. But it's it needs players, like you said, John, to be given the freedom. And yeah. it sounds like, from what I've heard, they're talking to the players directly and they're talking to the players' representatives, as in the unions, players' unions, directly. So there might be that the you know that if if the ERC or the URC can get that direct access to players, then that might help. But like you said, because they're all centrally contracted, yeah, within it's, Scotland, it's it's never going to be the case that they're going to get that freedom. It's it never be, going to yeah. be the case. Look, this is us just saying let let them you know let let really hope that the SRU embrace this for the opportunity that it is, yep. and don't shoot themselves in the foot by shutting the doors and not not using this to you know set the players free. Yeah, I, got a lot I think of also, no well I think also you've got you've also got to look at, for example, um the, the Stuart Hogs, the the um the Finn Russells the Johnny Greys, etc. I'm not just just picking on those three because they're Glasgow players. It's because, well, they're no longer Glasgow players. Um, but <laughs> what what I what I'm looking at is they're now becoming uh, they they're now in the last maybe three four years of their rugby playing life, maybe to, mm. to maybe to the next rugby World Cup. Um, so you've now got to look at who's coming through. And the issue we have at this moment in time is the guys that are coming through. They're naturally guided by the Scottish market, the Scottish rugby marketing machine, and they are becoming more and more. Yeah, it was a great game. The boys did well. That's it. You know, there's the, the, we don't have the the we may have the personalities as in the skilled personalities coming through, but we don't have the acts their personality coming through, and that's going to. I would reckon if the um, if they're going to want something, um, the Rock Nation is going to want younger players, people that are going to going to make a difference for a long time with them rather than the players that maybe only have another three, four years in them. Yeah. Well, the worry is as well, that, I, and, I, and I want, is that Rock Nation are essentially act as agents for the players as well now. So a lot of Scottish players and young players are signing on agencies from a young age. So whether or not there's an element of protection as well, or whether the age, the current agents are, are, are willing to work with Rock Nation to, to you know, to promote the, the personalities, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, what Grant Swartz is the one thing that I'm missing is Rock Nation are looking at looking at players of colour in rugby. That's in short supply in Scotland, and I think that you know, there's no denying that that's that is what Rock Nation are looking for. I'm looking at their roster yeah. and looking at their performer. That they, yeah. they they have white play. They do represent white players in association football. I would say association football because they also represent football players in an you know. NFL players, NFL, yeah. but it, yeah. you know that is the reason. That's why they've got into, um, you know, that's why they've they've got into South African rugby. But you know, the, the opportunity—that's not to say the opportunities aren't there. 
for you know for, for anyone willing to take it. I think I think it's down to whether the player has a story to tell. And you know what? The, the like there's a comment come in regarding you know a, a certain player um, being in a wheelchair and things like that. And you know it, what they're wanting is they want more people playing this game because they want they want supporters, they want fans, they want everyone investing in this game. They don't want to hear about people in a wheelchair because ultimately that's a really not a great thing for a rugby player, right? And whether you come back from that or not, that's a great story. And you know what? We're all invested in that story. I think the the player uh, the player in discussion has been phenomenal uh, coming back from that. But ultimately, it's about the feel good stories. It's it's much so more feeding, simple. It's than it's, that. it's the you know it's the getting free fighting for free school meals. It's going into your community yeah, and yeah. setting you know training the minis every week and being connected to your local community. It's it's the Khaleesi. It's the Rashford. That that's it in a nutshell. That's all they want to hear because that's really really good for their brand just now. Yeah, and that and that transcend that means that transcends outside. That message then gets outside of the sport. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's. Yeah. And Scottish rugby doesn't have that story. We don't have that story just now. Uh, Ross McDowell would disagree. Tom Gordon is the man for rock nation. I think I think Ross is ambitious in his. I mean, Tom Gordon's <laughs> the man for everything, but in this instance, he is not. Uh, I don't. I don't think Tom will be getting signed by rock we'll nation. We'll see. Sadly. We'll see. I would love. I, th- I would love to see. Uh, that, that, that's what I want to see. Where am I? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've had a couple of puns based on this. We've had um, Ross uh, once again. Ross says, "I see John Tannen as can not so much Jay Z, more like J K." That's J K. J K. He's looking like a J K. Uh, uh, oh, Ross. Ross is a creative type. He will. He will get pun. <laughs> so Ross. Ross on Saturday, uh, because of his nonsense, like the BPM of the songs we play. Will probably increase about twenty five percent, and Ross will struggle to keep up. <laughs> so, for for the for those that don't know, um, John is the drummer, and Ross is in in, in a band. <laughs> Ross is bad, um, yeah. <laughs> Rugby Morning says it's ninety nine meters on the pitch I've run. I love good. that. I love that. I, That's- I we had a few on Twitter earlier today, so I had uh, ninety nine problems, but Hendrix ain't one. <laughs> shoe man, what shoe man? Me, what you got? Show me what you got. <laughs> Hell Mel, brackets pimp the system. Oh. Um, <laughs> turnover instead of takeover. Uh, can't knock the Russell. I know he doesn't play for the RC anymore, but still works instead of hustle. Um, justify my shug. Especially Jones. <laughs> uh, Omani cash hose instead of money cash hose. Hard cock life. That's because, because of course. Um, Vincent, 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 the place in South Africa. Yep, yep. Uh, rock me with you. You know I got it. <laughs> I'm um, just sitting here quietly, just just agreeing with you because I know I hardly know any Jay Z. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, I'll just agree with you. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a classic hip hop kind of guy, so I'm not. I've got I've got a couple of Jay Z albums, but I'm not. Um, I had to Google some of these. Uh, Biggers in Paris was Ian Hayes one. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So that's. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you've got any more puns during the during the show, feel free to get in touch. Um oh it's a hard knock on. It's a hard knock on. Yeah, uh, rugby yeah. rugby morning has got this down. Yeah. So um <laughs> the other bit in I mean we could we're gonna do lines tonight. We could talk about the Scotland in the twenties last night. Um 
you know, against Wales, but let's not. Let's not. Um, we'll, I think we'll just do the, we'll just go straight in the Lions chat, shall we? Let's jingle. Go for it. It's the legally mandated Lions chat. The legally mandated Lions chat. We've heard so much about it that it makes us sick. But we've still got a chat about who Gatlin's gonna pick. Uh, yes, it is the legally mandated Lions chat. So we we are recording this, and well, I say immediately after the Lions game against South Africa. Eh? But after all the Jay Z puns, it was about half an hour after the match is finished now. Um, <laughs> and last week we talked about the first cells. She the cell C sharks game. That's a tongue twister. Try, try saying that five times fast, Cam. Cell C sharks cell C shells on the sea shore. <laughs> <laughs> the sell sea sharks sell sea shells. I'm sure. There you go. Very good. Yeah, that's impressive. Thank you. Um, so, in terms, of, <laughs> shall we just? I mean, the the game that just happened. There are varying opinions, depending on where 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 what you read before the match that that was close to a test squad versus it was another run out for some combinations and let's see how we go. I fall into the latter camp of they were testing some different combinations and I don't think they've settled on a test squad yet. Where, where, where are you with that team that was put out tonight, Craig? Um, I'm totally with you on that one, Cammy. I was sitting there looking at it, thinking to myself, there is no way, um, uh, you know, looking at, at, at some of the combinations that were in the park and especially somehow some of, some of the players that were missing um, uh, I, I don't see that as a as a as a test team at all. Um, there were some gaping holes um, in there that were th- of people that were missing, and um, I really do think that uh, tonight was a game play. On everyone's going on about how Razzie had Gatlin's number tonight. Um, I think Gatlin has got Razzie's number. Um, and especially when it comes to, oh, Dan Bigger rolled his ankle to, uh, in training and we've decided that we're going to put Farrell in at 10 instead of Bigger. I will just, uh, let's see what happens there. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting, isn't it, John? Because South Africa, on the other hand, put out the South Africa in inverted commas A team, but there was a <laughs> hell of a lot of like, first choice Springboks playing tonight. The, yeah, there absolutely was. But do you know what? See when the test matches with Georgia get cancelled and things like that, you knew, you knew that South Africa A was never going to be anything more than an opportunity for a team that hasn't played much in two years to get some game time. And I, do you know what I think? I think Razi and the guys have done exactly what every single one of us would have done. They've given an opportunity to say, do you know what? You're, you're 10 days out from a, from a test against the British and Irish Lions. Let's just go and throw you out there. You'll get midweek off. You'll get plenty of recovery. But let's go and get a wee run out. And do you know what? They look decent. They look decent. For, really for, a, rust, for a rusty side, they look decent. The discipline was maybe a little bit asking, I would say, though, tonight. It wasn't... Well, that, that, um... that comes with time. That You know, see if you're not playing test matches. Like, I think, I think to be fair to the, the British and Irish Lions, they, they did put pressure on the asterite questions. South Africa defended like their lives depended on it. And it was... Um, 
the 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 discipline in particular came from consistent issues. I mean, Faf the Clerk's yellow card, you could argue, was it really a yellow card? Arr! I mean, he contacted the guy in the arm. He was, was, some... was it not There from... was a rap. There was a rap, oh. though. You see, I, I disagree. I, he tucked he tucked his left arm um, yeah. and he went in. I don't think he was purposely going with his shoulder um, to have a go at someone's head. But I think it's, and that's, I was, I was actually having a discussion with my son about it. Um, you know, Faf de Clark's not a, a bad, nasty player. Um, no, he's just, no. he's just far too, um, what's the word? Uh, he was reckless tonight and he, he mm. just was just throwing, he was, as I talk about the Charlie Shield, slightly in a different, a different way, but he was just overplaying, overplaying trying to yeah, make, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, I think he was just unlucky. Um, you know, I, I really don't think he was. I, don't, I really, honestly, don't think he was tucking his arm to to belt someone in the head with his with his shoulder. You know, this is Alan McDonald saying there was less of a rap than in West End Girls, John. <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a reference. Uh, yeah, that's uh, oh, Alan. You you always you never cease to uh, surprise with your references. That's beautiful, yeah. Alan. Thank you, son. Um. Should we talk about the Scottish Lions then over the last two matches? Yep. So the f- two tonight then, we had um, Chris Harris playing 13 and Chris Harris played 12 at the weekend as well. Yeah. I thought he did all right at 12. He had a good game. It was, it was porn. He, I, I think he was at a point where everyone, well, in fact, tonight, if you if you see all the punditry that was going on tonight, they were talking about Chris Harris as a, as a test as a test um, nailed on yep. test starter, yep. um, so I think he's done a, a phenomenal job. He did he did well at twelve. I think he was. I don't think he was out of his depth, but he, he looked nervous. But mm-hmm. he, he did well. Um, and then tonight, I think he did incredibly well in his usual position, apart from being absolutely skinned by Colby. But that's yeah. a different. The thing is, though, I think with the, was with the he Colby, though? Was he though? Well, with the Colby one, he did a good. Uh, he was the only one that made any effort to try and scrag him. Yeah. Lewis Rusamet looked absolutely lost yeah. because he was a, it was Lewis Rusamet's man to tackle because if it's the Steve Tandy zonal defence thing, he runs yeah. right into Lewis Rusamet's space. Harris is chasing the shadow at that point. Yeah. Rusamet just goes, nope, goodbye, son. I am not having this tonight. It was, yeah. Um, I, I, thought, I thought Harris was very unlucky to be getting any sort of ping for that. And I think when the coaches look at that, that will not be his man. It'll yep. be Lewis Summit. His pass to Lewis Summit as well, that long blooping pass. I mean, yep, I think beautiful. we said on the on our group chat, John, that's Duhan. That's that's a that's a score every time. Yeah, well that's it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you just have to look at the combinations. And I, th- I so right. I'm not criticizing the guy because he got a stupid lightning bolt in his head. But I thought Lewis Summit was utterly <laughs> ghastly tonight. I thought he was really, really poor. And actually, I think he's been really poor on tour, actually, and he's living on reputation of being the speedster. See, against an organised international defence, right, you get away with it in the Six Nations, you score the odd try, you look you look like a, an absolute player. See, against a decent Southern Hemisphere defence that's not going to let you do that, you look like an average player. You look like an idiot. And Reece Samet is starting to look like that. He's he's an average, an average rugby player. Defensive capability is poor. I don't think, I think you're right. I think defensively, there's questions. I thought he did quite well to get the, I think he got a penalty off, um, milked penalty off Faf 
and Faf was kind of blocking him at one point. Faf was giving out penalties for like sweeties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I, th- I don't think defensively. I don't think he kind of. I don't think he's got the step that Colby has, or even Darcy no. Graham has. To be honest, I think you're right. I think he, he's a very good finisher and that he's fast and he gets on the end of things. But that that gets you so far. I mean, it's fine if you you know you get you got you get on the end of chip overs and stuff like that. It's got its place. But I, I'm not. I don't think that he offers the same as what you're going to get from Duhan, for example. I, I think, you know, Duhan's defence has got better over the tour. I think he's, you know, the, the Lions have done him the world of good. Yeah, he's still rough around the edges, but you give him the ball and he'll burst through defenders and burst through tackles. Lusri Summit isn't going to do that. And so Duhan's the, got the pace as well. There's a difference between giving a six foot five, eighteen and a half stone monster who can run just as fast, slightly less than Lewis Summit. Give him the ball in any sort of space, he's going to destroy defenders. He's going to take two, three men to bring him down. Lewis Summit is not that player. He needs clear, clear space, and that's not what international rugby is about anymore. You don't get clear space as a winger. You need to make your work. You need to make your tries. You need to be a you need to be a rugby player. Like we always joke about wingers not being rugby players. You need to be a rugby player now. Look at, I think, for me actually in midweek, looking at Duhan's work rate at the breakdown, and just thinking that guy hitting the breakdown. Oh my god, he's so big, but he had technique. He had everything he needed, and he smashed breakdowns and he won ball for the lines. You don't get that from wingers necessarily. That's what you need. You get from Darcy Graham, that's who you get from. Ah, uh, yeah, you do. You do. Day, you do. I think. I think you would. Get, I think. I think that's where um, you know both Duhan and also Adams um, has have come into He's, their own. Yeah, um, I think. I think if that ball goes to either of them, um, they're scoring that try um, because they're, they're they're more physical. Um, my concern, and, and it, it, it all goes. It all does go down to the haircut and different things like that. Is the fact I think he's starting to believe his own hype, mm-hmm. and 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 the worry for that is that he needs players around him that will create the tries for him. Now, okay, fair enough. Chris Harris at, at thirteen will um, will create the tries for him because that's what he does DND out um, at Gloucester. Um, but uh, you know he needs. He needs a Finn Russell to be kicking the ball through. He need, you know, he needs all these different things to chase the ball down. But he wasn't, you know, they, they keep slapping, uh, and I've, I'm one of them. I'll put my hand up, slapping Dewey around for him um, not being great in a, for a high ball. Zamet wasn't very good on a high ball tonight no. as well. No, I, it's interesting. I think the way that I, uh, tonight was interesting because I think it did more for the players that weren't playing than the ones. Who Absolutely. were I think I think Harris is maybe the exception to that, and I think he was the exception to the first half on Saturday as well. I know it sounds like making lots of excuses for Scottish players, and I know we're the Scottish rugby podcast, but I genuinely, you know, that, that, we're you allowed know, to I, do that. Yeah, um, I think the do hands one that I think if you look at, I think do hands when we talked about this last week is on the verge of making the test team. I think don't he think he makes the bench because I don't think he offers enough versatility from the bench. So he has to be good enough to start. So if you look at it, you potentially can have back three of Adams, Hogg and and Doohan mm. because the, the others, Liam Williams was all right. I think he went off for an HIA tonight. He's been all right apart from, you know, when he's played. Anthony Watson, I thought, has been distinctly average. And again, he, he picked injured. up a knock tonight. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. picked up an yep. injury tonight. Yeah. 
Daly's played better at 13, and I think he probably you'd want if you're going to pick Daly somewhere, it's going to be the bench because he can you can shift him if you hit a run of injuries. Yeah. So I do. I think I think you know, Duhan's surprisingly because I wouldn't have put him there at the start, but I think Duhan no. has 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 played his way into to to start on the tests, John. I think I think he's really embraced the Lions culture, and I think. The thing that Duhan's done better than probably anyone for me, he was he was a guy that needed to go looking for work right from the off, and he's got that physical frame, he's got that uh, ability to break tackles. But like it was really interesting actually in the midweek game, every single turnover ball, the lines shipped wide. And it wasn't they they didn't go one way, they didn't they didn't go to the other wing, they went to Duhan. They went, right, you go, you get us on front football. That's a tactic. That's someone who's saying this guy's going to get us front football. And against the type of wingers they're going to be facing in South Africa, they need that. And I think he has played himself into a test a test spot, which I agree with. You. I would never have predicted that. He was probably out the eight Scottish Lions, he was probably maybe seventh for a test spot at the start. But he has performed and he's he's made he's done exactly what he needs to do. And we all knew he was capable of it, but he's done it better than everyone else around him. And that's yeah. that's exactly what we're looking for. I think that and, and Craig, it's Duhan coming off his wing isn't something we've seen, and I know there's reasons for that at Edinburgh because of the way Edinburgh play, and it's not necessarily that you know, we've talked about that again before on the podcast that Richard Cockrell, it's not something Cockrell's necessarily looking for his wingers to do, but it's something that they're allowed to do for Scotland, and we haven't seen Duhan do an awful lot, but he, he has popped up in midfield quite a lot on this tour, and that's you know that, that that's gonna that's a really good thing for Scotland, I think, in the longer term for him. Yeah, I, I... I've I've seen it on a regular basis. I have seen him come off his wing looking for ball. He's always look, he's always been looking for ball. That whether he gets it playing in Edinburgh shirt is a different story. Um, where Tooney has given him it in in a Scotland shirt, and you're seeing you're seeing it happen a little bit more with him. Um, and then um, in a, the Lions, I think I think I think he's he's, he's there's a mixture of um, he's being coached to look for ball, but also he's in South Africa. He's, he's, he's in and around the people who have sent him away and said, no, we're not going to give you a shirt. Of course he's going to play absolutely, you know, to the to the, 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 the maximum that he can play to say to these people, well, if he's any sort of person, he's going to be saying to them, look at what you have lost. Yep. Um, so I, I think he's... I'm, I'm very, very... Happy to see him playing himself into the into the line squad if he if he gets there because uh, into the test team I should say because I think he's 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 been fantastic absolutely fantastic yeah. agreed yeah um, the um, let's see so Xander was the other uh, Scott tonight he came on quite late to be fair John he, there was a knock on I thought he went backwards but he did all right in the scrum the scrums went well when he came on yeah. he's not, but he's not he's not been used an awful lot on sure. No, no, no. There's a there. There seems to be. So I think I think part of the issue is that Xander's been paired with Mako, and Mako is horse, right? <laughs> there's there's no other words for it. He is utterly ghastly. And do you know what? See, as a professional rugby player, I'm going to be really controversial here, but I'm going for it. See, if as, as a professional rugby player, see if someone if Mako Vunipola gets picked for the lines ahead of you, 
you should be absolutely devastated because he is utterly dreadful. He is not competent at his job in the slightest. And the problem Xander's had is he's been paired with that lunatic and it is not doing him any help. Yeah. What were you, what was your take on Xander tonight then, Craig? Um, I, I didn't see very much of him. I thought, I, and that's what was probably more disappointing for me. Um, I thought he's he sorted his um, scrummage out, um, and he was scrummaging quite well. Um, but that's as much as I really saw. I saw him carry a couple of times, and it's quite some some good 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 carries out of him. But that, that's he, as he much got. As I really he was involved. I mean, he didn't get much credit for it because he he didn't measure the ball. But he, the Turnover mall on the Lions line in the second half. He he was kind of at the back disrupting quite well, I thought. Um yeah, yeah. which was which was good. It's a shame. I don't think he's been I think like John says, they've obviously kind of prepared the props in some way beforehand because we've seen the kind of established pairings play yeah. so far. And and yeah, I, I don't think he's been given much of a chance, but you know, when Jones went down tonight, so it's only one injury for you being kind of shifted around and and, and moving up the pecking order. But I, I don't think he's he's not done enough. I don't think to be near the test. Side. Can I just? Yeah, oh, that's the wrong one. Can I just what? argue? What what is backsplaining? <laughs> Alan McDonald is John talking about Xander backsplaining. What is backsplaining? Explain to me. Oh, it means explain. It means um, explaining, like mansplaining. So, explaining uh, to backs. I think. Oh, Ross McDowell. See previous comment. Re backsplaining. There we go. All right. So Greenwood talking about Xander. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got you. Got you. So, so Ross McDowell made a comment that said um, Greenwood was flying how well Xander did. Appreciate that's not saying a huge amount. So it's back, uh, backsplaining. I think it could be a th- it could be between Xander and Sinclair um, yeah. for what in the bench because um, every time I've seen Xander play, apart from these, I think I think when he first came, the first game he played, he was suffering again of putting his feet too far back in the scrum. But um, that was all sort. He kind of clipped back into what he's been coached again, and his feet came forward a little bit. Marco, I I I, I don't want to slate Marco too much because um, because he's. Uh, He's had a phenomenal career, and he's a fanta- he has been a fantastic prop. But he has looked out of his depth. Um, he's, he's, li- he's living on absolute legacy at this point. He was yeah. unfit this season at Saracens. He's he's been completely bang average for England for quite a few years. He's been dining out on. I mean, he's not even been dining out on actual talent. He was out of his depth in 2013 in the, the Australia tour. He, he should have been hooked for for, uh, for for Grant all the way back then. He was, he's been an average prop all his days, and for some reason he's got away with it. It's absolutely disgraceful. And while we're on props then, shall we talk about um, Rory Sutherland then? Because he's been, he seems to be paired with... Um, Seems to be paired with um, Furlong, yeah, for for most of the games, and he he did very well. I thought about the at the weekend. I I think he's going to be a test player. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think um, when Jones tonight um, looked okay. Um, look, well, let me take that back. He looked decent, but I think Suz has really shown 
Um, and and if I if I rewind right back to the beginning when I first started coming on the podcast, um, you know I wanted you know I was saying Suz is going to be a bolter, and I really do think it's going to be. Um, I think he's done an incredible job. He's like Chris Harris, uh, but in in forward form. Yeah. Um, who've we got next then? Um, Mish. I mean. You know, he had a quiet game at the weekend, but it's quiet by Hamish Watson's standard. It's still, you know, a, 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 an, a, an excellent Tom Curry performance, isn't it? Honestly, the 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 Tom Curry hype train, or Tom Corma, as we will now know him as, I think, I think like anyone that says that Tom Curry has anything that Hamish Watson doesn't have is talking utter crap, and I'm just going to call it out. Hamish Watson has been sublime in this tour, and even when he's playing within himself, he's still one of the best players in the park. He is a top quality player, top quality, like yeah. top British and Irish Lions. He is one of the best players they have at their disposal, and I am sure the coaching team see that. Uh, Tom Curry has been average. He's been okay, and I think you remember Tom Curry's. Tom Curry's young. I thought he had an all right game tonight. I thought he's he's he's, he's played better as the tour has gone on. But you remember, compared, to, you know, Hamish Watson's what late twenties now, and Tom Curry's twenty one. Yeah. So I think Tom Curry. Tom Curry's on this tour because he's you know he's potentially the Hamish Watson on the next tour yep. kind of guy. I think he's, but it's not you know. What Watson's the Watson for me is making the test test side. He makes it a wee riot. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already got my pitchfork. <laughs> with our with our long haired wigs on as we march to the march to the uh, the, the British and Irish Lions um, HQ. Was, no, I, I think. Um, <laughs> sorry, John. We, I was just going to say it'd be really awkward for me to to riot with my Hamish Watson wig on with my South Africa top on, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think what shown what was shown tonight um, uh, was the first half. We tried to play a South African game. Um, we tried to kick. We kicked yep. poorly. We tried to take them on. Um, the only place that we actually succeeded against them was in the scrimmage. The rest of it, you know, they, they were a match with us in the line out in contact. They were very, very strong in contact, and we we didn't see the Tuni game that we've seen. With the other with the other games, it was quite smothered. It was almost like um, we, we we couldn't get quick ball. All of a sudden, when we started using the ball and we started to run the ball and get quick ball, then we started to see this almost being able to, to overtake them. And and if we'd if we'd made a few if we hadn't made a few um, judgment errors um, in the first half when we were down to when they were down to thirteen men. I think we probably could have come away with a win tonight. So yeah. on my side of things, the whole thing with Mish is is sorry to to, to leave a point, but the whole thing with Mish is he is not the average. You know, everyone keeps going, oh, how's he going to take on Detroit? How's he going to deal with Detroit? Well, he's not going to deal with Detroit. He's going to actually outplay him in a different exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I tell you what, your point actually about tonight. See, and I think this is a point you're probably coming to, Cami, but the halfbacks tonight were. Utterly honking. Yeah, you you can you can see because they were trying to. I, I know what you were saying, Craig, but they, they, you can't play the Townsend game without quick ball and without mm. accuracy of, of boot. And Owen Farrell can't play the way that the Lions need him to play. 
and as, as we were saying, can't, can't play Townsend rugby. He can't. No, that, there was that crossfield floated kick to the wing, and it was so slow and so inaccurate that you know the South Africans had all the time in the world to work out what was going, what was going on, and where it was going to, who it was going to, and it was yeah, you know, it was a, it was a penalty advantage, but. That you know, that Russell lands that every day, and and Russell would have seen Russell would have seen that the the winger was well marked. They were wait, the, the South Africans were waiting for the crossfield so kick then as well. Inside, he would have tried something different. Even you, like in defence, Dan Bigger would have tried something different. Yeah, he would have, he would have yeah. done something and, different. And the Colby, the Colby, the Colby try came because Daly kicked directly to Charles and Colby. Yep. Whereas yeah. as soon as they started to try and turn them, as soon as they got in behind him. They, you know, they caught. They started getting, you know, getting in behind them and causing them problems. And but you kick directly into Charles and Colby's hand. He's just going to run at you and run rings around you, which is what he did. And they scored a try. It's funny because we've all been in rugby clubs, right? And we've all been in those environments where you've had you've analysed your performance and stuff like that. Chris Harris immediately got the blame for the Cheslin Colby break and then offload. He had nothing to do with that. See if you kick to that guy, you know it's like kicking to Stuart Hawk, it's like kicking to Darcy Graham. You know if you kick to that guy and you give him a one-on-one, he's gonna absolutely destroy you. It doesn't matter who you are. That that's what I was about to say, John. I honestly was would, would agree with you. I'm only I'm saying, yeah, Harris got bumped on the outside. Yeah, but everybody gets bumped on the outside every by day. Every um, single person. There's very, very small amount of people will actually will be able to actually deal with Colby on a on a sidestep. I, I I agree with you on that side of things. I was only just saying that, that when it comes to being bumped by Colby, it was interesting to see, especially considering Harris has been such a, a you know a, a pedestal player. Everyone's gone. Look yeah. at this guy; he's phenomenal. You know that, that but that's a wake up call for the Lions because actually yeah. their best defender, their best defender, got utterly destroyed yeah. by Colby. Destroyed yeah. by him, and, and I you think know, that's we're, why. So I think that's why Harris was in tonight. Yeah, I think that's why he was playing tonight at, at his usual position because they needed him to defend because they were yeah. playing around with so many different different options. But if you kick badly to that back three, that like Willie, let's not get away from it as well. Willie Larue is a phenomenal rugby player. And if you kick badly to him, he is going to destroy you as well. Colby's an yeah. amazing, amazing strike runner. Um, South Africans have this knack of creating this balanced back three. They've got a brilliant back three. And at the heart of that is Willie LaRue. But if you give Colby any space, he's going to destroy you. And like kicking directly to him is utter suicide. I think it just shows that if... It was almost a demonstration tonight that if you try and match the South Africans at what they do, yep. you're not going to win a game of rugby. You need to play Absolutely. your own way and play your own game. And I know, you know, someone said in the comments that Gregor Townsend's got coronavirus. I don't think that's impacted too much because they've played a, a Townsend attack plan so far, and by all accounts, he's in touch with them regularly on Zoom. So I think yeah. it's Townsend and and and, and Hoggy are isolating. I think Hoggy's out of isolation today. He was at the game. Is, I saw him at was the game. He, he was uh, warming up, uh, helping them warm up. So he yeah. was there. So, so Hoggy's at the game. We think. I think um, Townsend's due to join them shortly. I think Gatland said he, the, was, he the, was in the box. I was in the box. I missed yeah, that. Was so the I was, yeah. There we go. So Townsend's back as well. So the, yeah. uh, but I think obviously because they've not had him there for that much preparation, it, it wasn't a. You know, there were elements of a Townsend attack plan, but it wasn't executed well because the kicking wasn't 
as accurate as it needs to be. The other thing that was interesting is, and we talk about the speed of the game, is the, the, what the last two games have shown, I think, is that Ali Price is the you know needs to be the starting nine for the Lions on you know in the tests because Gareth Davis was all over the shop and Connor Murray just I, I don't his delivery was slow it's inaccurate his decision making was poor I think as captain I don't know if the captaincy is weighing heavy on him but I think Davis and Murray have both been very poor whereas you saw the difference Paris made at the weekend when he came on. I'm I'm going to give uh, give Johnny McGinty a smile because I'm going to eat my words because Ali Price outshines ev- absolutely the two other halfbacks. I really they the Connor Murray tonight was it wasn't even a good captain. He couldn't even argue. He couldn't even make the point with the ref tonight um, and get the ref why, to look why, at the right. Why things. would he be a good captain? He's never been a captain. That's well, ultimately what it comes down to. If you pick a guy who's never been captain, he's not going to be a good captain. He's, he's, done, he's such a bad captain that Alan Wynne Jones has risen from the dead. <laughs> They've probably had to prevent, physically restrain him from swimming to South Africa to put things right. <laughs> oh man, it was, it was, it was, and, and he, he's kicking his bad. He's, it just, I just was, was just thrown by it because I, I thought, think, you know, this guy's meant to be a good, going to be, a, and I, I actually thought he was going to do all right, but he was, he was shocking tonight. And then the, the big problem I have is, is I, I, no matter what anybody says, I've got a major hang up with Farrell and, and unfortunately everything he did everything he was the stopper in the bottle tonight. Um and eventually they started, you know, chucking the ball at him and just getting on with it. And he he had to start I think somebody had a word on him at half time and said, You're gonna to have to stop doing what you're doing uh, and actually play the way we want you to play. And his ball started to move a little bit, you know. It was yeah. just oh, it was painful to watch. What what's interesting for me is that <sighs> Finn Russell, for people that don't know, I know some people that tune into this and get all their news from from this. But so Finn Russell's got an Achilles injury and is currently in a moon boot. Um, he's They're hopeful to be fit for the tests and they've called up Marcus Smith as a replacement. Now that says to me that they, Finn Russell is always going to be in the test squad and it's probably just a toss-up between him and, him and Bigger as to who starts... Yeah, the, the you know someone with an Achilles injury is if if they're not in serious contention and that aren't having a game plan built around them is on the first boat back to back to the UK because of surplus to requirements and you might as well go and have all your rehab. They're obviously pinning a lot on Russell being fit. Now it's interesting you were saying about bigger role in his ankle, Craig, because I wonder how much of the Russell thing is the same that you know he is carrying a bit of an injury, but. You know, an Achilles in, an Achilles tear, which apparently it is, is a long layoff. That's not a moon boot for a couple of weeks and see how you go. That's we're talking months. So what I just wonder if it, is it as have they are they happy with his levels of fitness? Are they happy with what they've seen from him and what he's doing? And they think, look, let's just keep our powder dry with with our two first choice fly halves. We can get Marcus Smith in to kind of do what Finn Russell does. In you know in training and and filling a little bit, let's just rest these guys and 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 keep them fit. I think he's. I think Gatland was said that um, Finn's been running with this this um, this injury for some time though, even before he came out on test. I uh, came out on tour, I should say. So you know, is it is it? I think I think you're. 
hopefully it's hopeful thinking and, and wishful thinking and I hope it's going to happen but I think it is they're resting him and just going to see how you know let him play it and let, let him blow it in the last couple of tests and if it is going to tear let him go for it in the test I don't know <laughs> he's, um, a, he's a Scottish player he would have been sent home 100% if he wasn't fit if he wasn't yeah. available for the tests he would have been sent home well look what they did to their captain yeah out the door I just saw that Connor Murray was captain and I thought, you know what, I need to make this back. I'm not, I'm not having that. Last <laughs> right, spotted off the coast of Ivory Coast. <laughs> just, stared at his, just stared at his shoulder until it repaired itself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I think you guys are absolutely right. I think like Russell has been definitely considered for a test role. And I think Marcus Smith's been brought out as a direct replacement for Russell. Whether he is as good as Russell or not, that's yeah, he's not. But you know, that's 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 up for other podcasts to wax lyrical about. I think um, Russell is clearly in the mix, and if Russell is even remotely fit. Given the way Bigger played it midweek, Bigger was honking midweek. Let's let's address that just now. Bigger was honking, right? He Bigger was classic Bigger. He absolutely kicked the bed against an average team, and this is what Bigger does. And then you had obviously Farrell tonight. <laughs> like I feel bad because I give Owen Farrell a riot of a time on this podcast, but he was. Hack. Um, he done like everything that Owen Farrell could have done wrong tonight. He did, and he done it spectacular. He, he looks like a man who hasn't played ten at international level for a while, and he is a Shockingly. man who hasn't played ten at international level enough, for a while. Right? I know, and it's almost like the Lions went, "Oh, we've got a backup one. We can play Farrell at ten. Hold on. Oh, Finn's injured. Let's play Farrell at ten. That's a great show. Marcus Smith will start at the weekend." Yeah, I think it's interesting because Marcus Smith is. There was a, a kind of rugby pass on these clickbaity things, but someone had asked, you know, Finn Russell, who's who's the best fly half that you've played against? Is Marcus Smith? It's one of the best yeah. fly halves he's played against, and he really rates him. So, who knows? You, wanna, think, you know, he's won the one Premiership final. I think I think he's I think he is a fantastic player. He's an exciting player. What what I'm you know what I'm interested to see is how he's going to mature and how he's going to become you know what, what the player he's going to become. Yeah, you're right. You're right, John. I don't think he's he's at the level of Finn Russell that oh. Finn Russell is now. But if you think of Finn Russell at Glasgow, um, you know I think Marcus Smith is very very similar to him. Um, at this moment in time, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think they are at a similar level of like. So I think Finn was probably more. I hate the term maverick, but Finn probably threw a lot more risky passes at that point. I think yeah. there's an element of Marcus Smith playing in the Premiership, which means he doesn't get away with that quite as much. But I think they both have a similar level of they want to play rugby. And that's that's great to see, and they they have that similar uh, mentality on the game. However, uh, you're absolutely right. I think a 28 year old Finn Russell is very different to a 21 year old Finn Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only other name I don't think we've mentioned. I think we've covered most of the. I think we've covered all the Scottish lads apart from Stuart Hogg, who's been. Isolated. Either- 
isolating or have had COVID and live, like living on his own with <laughs> microwave meals in Johannesburg because <laughs> they had to leave him behind. <laughs> um, there tonight, as you said, Craig, I hadn't spotted him, but it's a good spot. Um, I think it's a shame he's not had much game time, but again, aside from Josh Adams, who actually feel that even though he's not, I think, you know, he's normally a winger, I think, rather than a 15, yeah. uh, nobody else is putting the hand up for the 15 spot. So I, I, it's... I can't see any anybody standing in his way for a for a starting test. What Craig? Uh, I think they missed him tonight. They, they. Yeah. I think yep. they, in attack. Um, but then again, I think I think he probably would have reminded Owen Farrell that uh, that, that they're playing a certain way. Um, and the, do, you, the, you know. do, you, do you think they might if I started Hog at ten? <laughs> <laughs> have you been fit tonight? <laughs> hey. Yeah, hey, wait, wait till uh, wait till the uh, every, you know other players get COVID and they start with Finn Russell and uh, and Hogg in the same uh, in the same uh, at ten and twelve, and then you've got cats that are oh. going on as well. Ali Price, Finn Russell, and Hogg. Hey, okay, there we go. Harris at thirteen, Duhan at fourteen. Oh, oh, I can hear them. I can hear the English media. You could do dropping could already. Do I know. Let's just throw. <laughs> Do you know what we should do? Get get no. Do what? We put hog 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 at fullback, okay. and we have Price at nine, Finn at ten, twelve Harris, thirteen Hamish Watson. Absolutely yes. Yes. There we go. Yes, and watch the English tears roll in, and just let them lubricate my happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so. As it stands, things are looking pretty rosy, I would say, for the Scottish Lions, which is which is no bad thing. I don't think I would we could have, we would have predicted this. I think we said we were kind of talking at the start too. Look, we've got a couple of lads in the test squad will be fine, but it's looking. Do you know what the guys the guys have came on tour and they've done absolutely everything that's been asked of them, and I think in particular call out to Chris Harris. Chris Harris has been immense. And I've criticised Chris Harris. I've also absolutely slabbered over Chris Harris's performances in the Six Nations. Chris Harris has been utterly superb. It's a British Irish in line. I would he throw Ali. Brilliant. I'm going to throw Ali Price in there as well because I agree with Craig. I think, Ali, I think, Ali I think Ali, You look at where Ali Price was two seasons ago for Scotland and just you know I I think we're all worried when Greg Laidlaw hung up his boots as you know as you know, as good as Greg Laidlaw was, but Ali Price has really stepped up his game. I'm genuinely excited to see these Scottish players come back from this Lions tour and yeah, start playing for, for Scotland and Glasgow and Edinburgh. I think that, well, not Renbrook because do hands off to Worcester, but um, you've got Hamish Watson yeah. back, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but still, I think, you know, that's, you know, it is genuinely exciting to see how much they've raised their game and and really kind of fighting for a starting test place. They've been magnificent. magnificent. They really have. Yeah, absolutely. They, should, they, they genuinely, like, no matter what happens over the next couple of weeks, I think every one of those Scottish players who've went on tour should be incredibly proud of the effort they've put in and they could have done no more to actually influence the selectors, they've they've been absolutely not perfect, and we've all looked at it with like Scottish rose glasses and all that sort of thing. We've been thinking actually they have been the best players on tour. 
They have been. They've been the guys who've stood out. They've been the guys who've been getting man of the match. They've been the guys who've done the work that we've all looked and went, oh, right, okay. If that, like, Hamish Watson, if it, if it was Tom Curry, we would have been um, literally selling selling papers in New Zealand and saying he's the greatest player ever in history. Duhan, same, same aspect. You know, these guys have been magnificent. They've all done their part, and Ali Price, I think, has been magnificent as well. And ultimately, they've done all they can. It will come down to national bias; it always will. And Gatlin will pick who he picks, and then we can hit. But him he again. won't. But he won't pick who he picks because he's he's got a coaching team around him. It'd be interesting what happens when Andy Farrell gets out there. But he's you know he's. Townsend's been released from isolation now, and to what Steve Tandy is defence coach, and I, I don't, I, you know, I think, I th- I th- they're, they're I think all you're good, right. pl- as good a, as good a place as, as they go as they can be. This off, is the best off their own off their own backs. Best chance we've got to have some some lines tests in a long time. Yeah, uh, but Faro coming out is it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a red herring because the Irish guys have not been great on tour and his son is actually a honking rugby player. He's come so, out to give him a hug. He really has. And maybe that's what's going to be the key. Maybe <laughs> his hug is going to change him into Finn Russell. Who knows? Right. And that's what move, we said. We're going to move on and do this now. Yes, it's hands in the rock time. It's our any other business section of the podcast. John, we'll start with you tonight. What's had its hands in your rock? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know if it was covered in last week's podcast and stuff like that, but again, every time Scottish rugby fans do their best to upset me. And the reaction, the overall reaction to the cancelled tests this summer has really, really bothered me. Like, the entitlement of people being like, oh my God, I was going to watch a rugby game on the television and it got cancelled. It's utterly nonsense, guys, right? Public health comes first. It was always going to be the case when the Scotland camp got riddled with COVID right at the start. It was always a risk. All the tests were going to be cancelled. And then, on top of that, Georgia got absolutely riddled. <clears throat> it was never going to be the case we were going to get a summer tour. It was an experimental summer tour that we were planning to play some players who, do you know what? We always criticise the All Blacks for their one-cap wonders. We were going to one-cap wonders some people this summer. Yeah. And we have avoided that. And still people are getting their knickers on a twist because they didn't get to watch it on BBC. 2009, on, 2009 we didn't do a summer tour and Christ, because we lost you and Murray, Chris Cusser and yeah, exactly. Ross Ford. Exactly. We and didn't. Nathan Hines and we thought, well, we don't have a team, lads. Let's <laughs> not bother. <laughs> you look at the squad this summer, look at the players we were planning to cap, right? And genuinely, like, not not being funny here, right? You genuinely tell me how many of those guys are going to be Scotland internationals in the next six nations. 
Yeah. Uh, three, three or four, maybe. And that's been it, very been, I think there's, I think there's, 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 there's players like Ross Thompson and maybe even something like Ben Velicott and Charlie Shield. I think it's a... There, Jamie Doby was in there as well. I think there are players who would have... Who genuinely are kind of the next generation of these Scottish are guys? Players. If they're good enough, they will play though. If they're good yeah. enough, if they're yeah, good enough. I think there's two ways to look at it. There's there's one way to look at it. There was a lot of young players who need to be absolutely hammered by a Georgian forward just to realise that they're in an international rugby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think I think uh, I think and to go away with a team. Uh, you know, an international team and get the feeling for it. And I think it's a disappointment for them. But on the other side of things, I do, the fans' outrage does rips my knitting as well, just the same as you, John, because because we were on a no, this was a no-win situation. We're either going to go there and absolutely hammer them and everyone go, well, we didn't learn much out of that, did we? Uh, Or we expected them to win. Or we're going to get beaten by Romania in us in some sort of <laughs> some sort of uh, uh, yep. you know huge huge turnaround, and you go well we you know look at you you've all been beaten by Romania this is ridiculous yep. so there was going to be outrage either way so I think I think and as you say public health comes first and public health it's the way it is, it, it's, it's that way isn't it that actually you're absolutely right like if these guys go out and beat a team. Do you look, so it's it's that thing? Do you look at a squad that beats Romania and say, well, actually, uh, Cole Forbes should be playing for Scotland or Ross Thompson should be playing for Scotland? Do you look at these new guys and you say, I they beat Romania, so they should be playing in the next Six Nations? Of course you don't. But think, if they lose, you you go the other way and you go, they're definitely not good enough. And that's it's classic thing. Ah. It's just, yeah, I know. I I think for, for me, it's a shame because you don't get many opportunities in international rugby to play dead rubbers, and no. and these were three dead rubbers where you could sling an NBA on. After outside of that, every game counts. Yeah, even you know, especially given the way that they've reorganised the tours now, because you always got at least you know one a couple of dead rubbers over the summer. But now, post COVID, you know we you know we 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 were on a promise to tour New Zealand at some point, and. It, can't, you know, it's not like yeah. in the past where we have a game against Tonga or Samoa, you know, and and stick a couple of guys a couple of new caps and see how they get on. It's you can't do that anymore. Um, Ross McDowell there with hands in the rock drummers who threatened to play songs really fast. I do that a lot. I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's helping your cause, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't keep going. On, I wouldn't keep going on a bit. Um, that's it, Ross. Keep, keep selling that, buddy. Keep selling it. Um, Craig, your hands in the rock. Um, my hands in the rock. I think uh, you guys have touched on it before in the in uh, in, in the podcasts of your. Um, but uh, I had to just mention it because um, I got uh, a little bit upset this this week with the outrage of look at those football fans from the rugby community. How terrible are those football fans? Um, this is ridiculous. That would never happen with a. I'm sorry, but all types of um in society we have nice people and we have idiots and unfortunately whether you're a rugby player you've got idiots or whether you're a football fan you've got idiots and you need to accept that unfortunately because football has a bigger audience and a bigger fan base it looks like they have more idiots than they have decent people or, yep. or when it comes to rugby but we all have seen and 
being around these people in a rugby club. Other, uh, you know, we need to get off our high horses and just yeah. get on with it's, it. Uh, you know, can, can we be very clear that what Craig's talking about here with Egypt is racists. Not just racist, but I think it's not. But it's the I think it's the whole rugby. It's the whole rugby superiority thing of we. You know, our fans would never do that. Our fans would never riot at Wembley and charge. That was, that was more the point. Yeah, charge yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and, and you know, and riot and you know, cause cause destruction, which is utter nonsense because. You know, it doesn't take long to Google to see what happens in Cardiff on National Rugby Days or to see what happens at Twickenham at the Army-Navy game. And I know a couple of people pointed out, this was going to be my hands in the work as well, Craig, so this is good we can have a wee back and forth about it. But the, <laughs> the, you know, people, people have said, well, the Army-Navy game is not typical rugby, but there are plenty of Twickenham residents that complain about the behaviour of rugby fans on match day. I actually think, I think one of the issues, you're right, Craig, is the you're scaling up the Egypts. Because yeah. there's more, it's a it's a bigger sport, and rugby is a minority sport. I also think that football, uh, the football crowd, crowd doesn't get the same free passes that the rugby crowd gets. And I've been in Embron, seen the behaviour of rugby fans that would not be tolerated by the police if it was football fans, because the police would be on edge and thinking, "Oh, this is going to turn nasty." And maybe that is because of the reputation football fans have got from the past. But you know. Yep. This the, somebody else kind of pointed out and reminded me actually. I think we talked about this on the podcast previously before. John is the Super Saturday at Murrayfield a few years back, where they yeah. did the finals day, and then they had the eighteen seventy two cup game at the end. That's was right. utter carnage. There were fights in the stands at Murrayfield that day. That's right. Those yeah, guys it was ejected. A really bad, that really was a bad really day. bad atmosphere. A really it's bad just, day. Yeah. Sorry, John. Uh, that's all right. No, no. When you encourage when you encourage supporters to turn up all day, drink beer all day, and mm. um, you encourage that rivalry. And do you know what? I think, like, actually, in this instance, I'm going to I'm going to criticise the SRU for the way that this artificial this artificial rivalry that's been created between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Like we joke about it on this, and like I hope everyone knows that I joke about Edinburgh. I don't I don't actually dislike Edinburgh. I quite like watching Edinburgh rugby, believe it or not. It's okay, we I despise to... Glasgow, don't worry about it. That's okay, good, good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad and I'm glad you embraced that rivalry that you've created for you. Um, do you know, it, it was the culmination, the Super Saturday stuff was a culmination of, like, marketing. And it was... It was Egypt's who had had too much bevy. We've all seen them at international games. We've all seen them, like, we've actually all seen them at club games as well. Yeah. Idiots who have too much drink and they just kick off. And you know what? I've been criticised for my uh, my view on whether rugby could learn from football in the past. And do you know what? Rugby rugby has had such a privileged position on football for many many years and we've not done anything to deserve that over the last few years no. we have continued to abuse that if if we grow as a sport it's going to be tested severely mm-hmm. at some point as 100 percent, you know as, and, and and the everyone will say these aren't real rugby fans when it happens but it, just it's just it's just people in society coming along and this is, you know what? This is what you've, happens. You've got no control over what a rug, real rugby fan is. You've got control over who gets a ticket. That's it. 
And if people are able to buy tickets, they're able to be a rugby fan. That is but ultimately it. It, it goes. It, it goes back though, and this is this is this is where the link between the club game, the professional game, and then the international yes. game is all connected. Um, being part, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm talking about many different clubs here. I'm not just talking about my own. In case anyone thinks I'm just talking about my own club, but you you have clubs. You've been. I've been at clubs where um, someone ends up standing butt naked at a bar. Um, oh, it's just it's banter. They're having a laugh. Yeah. Nowadays, yep. life life has changed. We now have situations where we ha- we now have clubs that have women's teams in them. We have clubs that have children who are, well, we've had clubs that have had children coming into them for a, a long time, and you know we have to realise that that um, that everybody must feel safe going to a yes. a game that whether they're a fan of the team, a local team, whether they're paying their ticket money because we pay enough for our tickets um, uh, to go and to go and watch Scotland or go and watch Edinburgh, we should be fe- anybody who turns up there with a ticket stub should be feeling safe as they go in there. And so I think I think the the issue is more um, the days of the oh they're just boys having a few drinks so I'll just let them have a few drinks. That is starting to change, and we have to just we have to manage it correctly. Yeah. Um, and we have I've, to. I've seen worse behaviour at a rugby match than I have at football. I've been to football matches, yeah. I had no yeah, bother yeah. at all, and I love the day out yeah. and you know, yeah. great crack with every army. And then I've been to rugby matches where I've seen been quite kind of on edge on public transport and stuff, just because somebody's getting carried away at the end of the you know at the end of the road. And you think, saying, you know, saying that sort of thing, Cameron, will get you mentions on Twitter and will get you possible death threats and your uh, your your mentions. So I I've already had I've had it this I've had it this week with people telling me you know when I when I put this up I put somebody had said oh no wonder rugby has a superiority complex and I put a few screenshots of you know news items about the behaviour of rugby fans. That's it's all nothing, I said. It's nothing about and... superiority. It's we're, we're we're trying to we're trying to create a culture where people can go to sport and be safe, and that doesn't matter if it's rugby, football, bloody netball, or anything. It's about being safe at your sport. There will be, so, there will be someone. There will be someone fighting at a, at a at a burger van at Silverstone this weekend coming. Yeah, there, there will be too much in the campsite, and they've decided that they want their burger before the next person. There are people out there, no matter what sport we follow, that are just idiots, and that's going to happen. How yeah. how much how much of this though? So just to kind of change the subject very slightly, you're absolutely right. Like your club sets the tone, Craig. Yeah. And see if you're attending a game, see if you're involved in rugby at any level in Scotland, you represent your club. And that's what I was always told from like age five. Um, you know, playing mini rugby and going to games, you represent your club on that day. Yeah. How important yeah. is that? And how important is it for clubs to set that standard and set that zero tolerance? To say, do you know what? Yeah, we're we're gonna say, do you know what? You got a wee bit drunk today, but actually, that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable the behaviour dis- you displayed at that point. There has to be zero tolerance. Yeah, I just interested. Rona Rona Sweeten says a brilliant point from Craig about um. I can't add this comment now. Brilliant point from Craig about people feeling safe, especially amateur rugby games. The days of accepting the rugby lad. Yes. Over. 
And I think yes. it's interesting that, you know, I've been uh, seen speech, rugby speeches given, um, you know, uh, years ago and you thought at the time you cringed, you thought, oh, that's not right. But it, even that's changing. You know, a lot of the after club dinners now, the, the standard of the speeches is much improved. You, you know, you haven't got the same old tired jokes, homophobic, other, other phobic jokes being, being rolled out that guys are finding different ways to, to be, finding me entertaining in different ways. And, without having to go down that route. So it, it is changing, but I think that coming back to your what started this, Craig, is we cannot claim superiority over football in any way, shape or form. It's just it, that's yeah. something that happened in football. We've got problems in rugby. There's somebody in the comments saying, you know, how, how often have you felt frightened going to a rugby match compared to going to an England football match? Well, I, I've, I've, been, I've been in Newcastle on Newcastle-Sunderland match days and it's been fine. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's been no different to going to Murrayfield. It gets, I think, people have a perception of how things goes, and yes, yeah, sometimes it does kick off for yeah. whatever reason. Because of idiots is normally the reason. But nine times out of ten, most football matches pass without incident. I've I've been to old firm games. I'm a West of Scotland guy. That's my that's my beef. I've been to old firm games and I felt fine. I've been to rugby games and felt there has been tension and that's that's you know if you can compare like we have this superior superiority complex where we believe rugby is so much more than football if you compare it to the most visceral absolute hateful game in football which is the old firm game and you're able to say i i happily walked about fans i happily talked to fans of both sides that day and then you compare it to rugby and you have an issue with that that that's a problem yeah and i, I just I, I will want see one thing and uh I, I do have to go back to your point john um the the social media outrage that's happened with the racism yeah. side of things yeah, yeah. is abhor- abhorrent and I, I would certainly i wasn't trying to um uh, what's the word? I wasn't trying to kind of brush that aside. Um, I think that was no, absolutely platform. It was it was more yeah. because we're, we're a rugby chat rather than a football chat. Um, uh, but I think I, it. I sorry, think on that though, Craig, is that the, 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 there are still people who will say that that isn't an issue in rugby, and I think that that's still disappointing because there's plenty of evidence that that is just as much of an issue in rugby as it is in any walk of life, including football, racism and discriminatory behaviour. I mean, you know, as Brody Duncan's pointing out, saying, you know, rugby can't claim the moral high ground where, um, you know, the exits still play the chalk, tomahawk chalk, which we've talked to death on this podcast. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's the there's a really good um, documentary, if no one's seen it, it's Ben Obano and Maro Atoji have produced a, um, a, a documentary that's on Amazon, which I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head, but that's all about being a that's being a black player, a black rugby player, and, and what it means and how they were treated. And it's really interesting and well worth well worth a watch if you've got the time. It's free on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't think we've got any more for any more. We've got lots of people giving a, plenty of examples of trouble they've had at rugby games. So I think we've yeah. I think we're we're preaching to I, the converted I, I, in the comments. I was only going to say that. We and this is back to a thing I said a few weeks ago. We all have a responsibility every single time we attend a rugby game, every single time we attend our club, every time we turn up in that dressing room. We have a responsibility to make it a welcoming environment. 
And see, if we could all just not be absolute and utter idiots and just invite people in. Our sport, our sport's a minority sport. And I want everyone to remember that. We are a minority sport in Scotland. We we are competing with football, which will dominate headlines. We need to put ourselves forward. We need to promote ourselves as being a good sport for people yeah. to be part of. And and calling it Wendy Ball and saying we're we're our Absolutely. fans are better. Absolutely. And saying our fans are better isn't a way of being kind and inviting people in and, and selling the sport. It's only it just alienates people who think, well, I'm not going to go with you, you sanctimonious bunch of gits. A hundred percent. Yeah. Be kind, be welcoming, promote your sport, promote rugby. Rugby is a great sport, but you need to promote it. And do you know what? If you do that and you do it in the right way, you'll get the right people involved. The thing is, most all rugby fans are football fans, but not all football fans are rugby fans. And that's, correct, that's the truth correct, of the matter. Correct. Yes. 100%, Cammy. 100%. Yeah. On that note, then, I think that's it for this week. <laughs> we um we're back next Wednesday. We'll have the build up to the test. Um, the week after, I'm on holiday, so I miss out. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, John will probably be in the chair. I would imagine. Oh, are you missing test one? I'm, I'll be. I'm not going to miss it, but I'm missing. I'll miss the. I'll miss the podcast after it's <gasps> on holiday. Am I in charge for pod? Oh, <laughs> that's going to be amazing when Christ. South Africa, South Africa <laughs> I'm a little bit worried about how excited he is about that. What? Thing is, John, <laughs> John, I have internet where I'm going. I'm only going to stay at the mother-in-law's. I can't take the kit with me if you if you're going to get too excited. So let's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will deliver a spectacular podcast. Yeah. It will be fine. So, yes. So, join us next week. Um, I'll see if I'm going to let John off the leash or whether I'm going to do a live podcast from my mother in law's house. <laughs> um, <laughs> join us next week uh, for for more chat uh, Wednesday night, 8 30, as usual. Is it, I don't think it's a midweek game next week, is it? Next game's on. The Stormers no, game is Saturday. Stormers, yeah, Stormers then it's the first start, test we've got. Saturday then test, yeah. So yeah. we'll be half past eight next Wednesday rather than nine o'clock as we've been doing them because of the games. So uh, for the moment, though, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Craig. Hey, See guys. You later. Bye.